You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, our fantasy draft in the books, Matt. I think we got to talk a little bit about that and give some propers yeah. to our listeners that were in on this league. I think it was a solid draft. I think we got a good group of listeners, some smart fantasy football players in. And why wouldn't they be listening to this podcast every day? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Right? Yeah, they know who to listen to and they're paying attention. Absolutely. Folks. Uh, some highlights from Cut Down Day around the NFL. We might have some time to get into some overflow mailbag questions that we've got out there from some of those listeners and some of those that did not get into our fantasy football league. And I do want to remind everybody about... The Locked On Podcast Network Ultimate Season Preview that's happening right now. It's going through September 8th. Every team, every division is covered with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker, an old friend of yours, Matt, and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in starting this week all the way through September 8th at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. That's where Matt and I are hanging out and you can get in contact with us and maybe get involved with the program here and who knows, get involved next year with our fantasy football league or maybe a survivor pool that's coming to a podcast near you, Matt. Yeah, that's in the works. It sounds like it's going to happen. Um, good stuff. I'm, I'm psyched about that. Psyched to talk about this fantasy draft. It was fun. Um, do you want to go through some cuts and league news first? Is that the plan? Yeah, let's let's start with the cuts and league news because this is more important than our fantasy football league. I think, even though uh, for for about twelve folks, uh, the fantasy football league might take precedence over sometimes their real football teams. We talked a lot about uh, uh, Cam Newton, and we're going to talk more about Mac Jones, the guy who won the job in New England as the starting quarterback as a rookie, and the rest of the rookie quarterbacks tomorrow. But we want to make sure we have enough time to really cover that subject. It might be an entire podcast all by itself talking about those players and how they looked in the preseason and how things stack up into the regular season there with especially those first-round quarterbacks. And that's a big storyline for this NFL season. And, you know, just all of those games, Jets, Patriots, 49ers, Bears, Jaguars, I'm going to be watching those games every week for those rookie quarterbacks when they're playing for those who are not. And I think four out of the five are going to be on the field in week one. But uh, more on that on tomorrow's episode. Let's get to some of these cuts. I want to start with the Detroit Lions, a team we haven't talked a lot about, Matt. And Dan Campbell, new head coach, he's got his own unique personality. They cut all their kickers. I don't know if this is forward thinking by young Dan Campbell. He's a young head coach as far as head coaches go around the NFL. I feel like he's more an old school mentality. But are these going to go out there and go for it on every fourth down and not kick the ball? That would be interesting and that would be fun. But um, I think they'll probably find a kicker. But here was the answer from Dan Campbell when he was asked about releasing both of his kickers in camp. Yeah, no, there's no way to sugarcoat that. You know, I'm an asshole, so... There you have it. <laughs> uh, so Dan Campbell, no kickers currently on the Detroit Lions roster. I thought that was uh, that was a great way to start the the highlights from Cut Down Day in the NFL. And by the looks of their receivers, I'm shocked they didn't just keep 53 linemen. You, know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be 250 and eat glass or better to make this team. You know, we don't need kickers are too soft. Punters, your necks, long snappers, you're on. Uh, you're on call too. I mean, you might be on the way out. We don't care about wideouts. 
pretty clear what they're doing. I mean, obviously, they're trying to instill a toughness of physicality. Um, we make fun. I mean, if any other team would have done it, we probably wouldn't have thought twice about it. They'll pick up some veteran kicker that's bounced around the league, and there's millions of those out there. But people don't realize, and there really are a bit of a kicker shortage in the league right now. There's like 20 teams that like their kicker. And, mm-hmm. t- you know, eight to ten that can kind of live with it, keep your fingers crossed. And then another handful, two, three, that hate their kicker. <laughs> you know, just oh, yeah. And they're just right yeah. coaches pulling their hair out trying to find right. the right kicker. Uh, I don't know if so much time and effort is put into personnel departments around the league. Like if you spent an entire offseason finding a couple kickers and they didn't make your team on final cutdown day, and you don't know exactly what's out there unless there was somebody they signed today, and I did not see if the Lions signed somebody. Maybe they had somebody in mind. They're like, oh, yeah, this guy got cut, so we're just going to go ahead and pick him up. Probably. But, right. um, you know, maybe maybe it was a factor of, okay, we have somebody going on IR, so we're going to create a spot, and then we're going to bring back one of those kickers, but we don't want to lose somebody else that we would cut for keeping a kicker, you know, so maybe some galaxy brain roster movement there happening with, uh, with the Lions. I, I kind of like... Dan Campbell's breakdown of it myself, and I think that makes some sense too. (laughs) But um, there's you. It's I'm trying to think the right way to put it. You went from January when you were hired. When was Dan Campbell hired? Not January. He wasn't one of the early hires, was he? Anyway, you went from the winter shortly after the season. Yeah, when you were hired in the winter, and look, a lot of the personnel people were around. If you were hired, and all the way until. September 1st now. By the way, we're in September. Wow. Yeah, how about that? You have an entire position group that you didn't find a player that can play for your NFL football team. That's that's kind of a big failure, right? Yeah, I think. Although, you know, again, there's 20 good ones on the planet. Yeah. So if you don't have one, you know, you're scrambling. You're shuffling and deck I'll chairs. And I'll say, I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone that's ever evaluated NFL talent, but I don't think there's many good people out there for evaluating kickers. You know, people talk about how many people are highly qualified to, you know, to scout and analyze the quarterback position. It's fewer than you think. Kickers, and- I mean, I can tell you how many he made, just like all of our listeners, or if he has a big leg or not, but mechanically I can't. And frankly, I feel like you need a psychologist to yes. analyze a kicker <laughs> more than you need a, you know, a, a swing coach. That's what I was going to say. And act- the actual kicking game is so much different than like the coverage and blocking units on those special teams units. So a special teams coach, he's probably much more adept at just football and probably coached oh, other yeah. positions and played other positions in his career. It's not like kickers are usually he special teams coaches. probably wasn't a kicker growing right. up. No, I don't know if any of them are. You know, I think you're 100% right. It's a great point. Anyway, let's move on from the Lions. I just thought that was fun that they have no kickers currently and a great sound clip. I think we're going to have a lot of sound clips from Dan Campbell uh, for however long he's head coach of the Detroit Lions. Des Fitzpatrick, a fourth-round draft pick for the Tennessee Titans, wide receiver out of Louisville, already cut and goes unclaimed off of waivers. Uh, We talked a lot about kickers having fun there with Dan Campbell and the Lions. This is much worse. They traded up for Des Fitzpatrick in the draft to draft him in the fourth round. He doesn't make it out of his rookie minicamp or rookie uh, training camp. That is interesting, and especially because the Titans. I mean, this is well down the list of recent draft failures. You know, I mean, you look at the last couple first-round picks. I mean, they might need to reassess how they value players. And what I find interesting is, you know, I got fantasy on the brain after last night. 
a lot of people were drafting him two months ago in best ball thinking he's going to be the number three receiver there. You know, it's Josh Renton. You know, Julio wasn't a Titan yet. Josh Reynolds will be the two. He'll be the three. That's all they got. And he can't make the team. Right. And a rookie that's, well, you know, Josh Reynolds doesn't like the world on fire. Maybe does Fitzpatrick ends up being the two. So that's, that's, right, a, right. that's a big fall from being potentially the number two next to A.J. Brown to not even being on the roster or any roster currently. No, it, a little bit shocking. I mean, I'm sure he ends up on a practice squad or whatever, but still, you expect a mid-round pick to make your team at a weak position. I like this one. A uh, Titans fan on Twitter said, I think it's time to retire the number 10 jersey. Vince Young, Jake Locker. Uh, do you remember Trey McBride had a very short yeah. Titans career? Wow. Yeah, nobody gets 10. That's Just leave that one hanging upside down somewhere. Yeah, That one's off limits. <laughs> Here's a good one from our own Alex Clancy, who covers the Cardinals right here on the network on Locked On Cardinals. Notable wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos the Arizona Cardinals will face this season. Those Titans receivers, Brown and Jones, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, the Rams a couple times with Woods and Cup, and they have a lot of weapons on offense there. Kittle and Ayuk and Debo with the 49ers twice per year. Metcalf and Lockett twice per year with the Seahawks. You got Devontae Adams and the Packers. You got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry of the of the Browns. You've got uh, Allen Robinson. There's <laughs> only one wide receiver listed for the Bears. But Darnell Mooney, I think, deserves to be in that conversation mm-hmm. uh, with the Bears. Uh, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, bunch of weapons there with those Dallas Cowboys. So those are some of the receiving groups that the Cardinals will face this season. The 49ers rostered cornerbacks after cutdown day have played a total of 31 combined games since 2019. All of those belong to Byron Murphy. Wow. He's what going into his third year for the cards. Wow. Yes. And you knew it was an area of weakness, but you know, maybe the beat reporters and the people close to the team, they have high hopes for two or three of the names we don't know well. You know, I'm in that that mode. You are with the Niners. I am with the Steelers. There's some people that when you're close to the team, you're a little more excited about than the national world knows yet. But still, wow. I mean, Patrick Peterson was becoming, I don't want to say a liability, but he, he wasn't what he used to be. It's got to be one of the, the worst position groups in the league right now or worrisome position groups in the league. Absolutely. And it was, uh, again, you know, front office, sometimes you can't do everything you want to do every year. You're going to have some units that are a little bit more raw, maybe younger units that you're hoping uh, are going to be good. Some units where you're hoping things are going to go correctly for you because you can't be perfect across the board in the NFL with all 53 guys. So, uh, but that's tough. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a worrisome group for that team in a very tough division in the NFC West. I've got some more notes about cornerbacks. Last, last Cardinal note, if sure. you don't mind. I do think their pass rush should be better with Chandler Jones and Watt. Mm-hmm. And they do have a lot of athleticism, at least on the second level. That doesn't help you cover Devontae Adams, but right. <laughs> you know the, the stuff around them could be a little better. Yes, and that's what they're banking on. You know, they're right, they're right, built right. back to or front to back on defense, and they got a lot of weapons on offense. So big year for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, and maybe we'll have to outscore some opponents a few weeks. Notes on Chicago Bears cornerbacks, and a few other notes on some cuts around the NFL next. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning back to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 
$200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. From football to basketball, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Matt, we talked about the Cardinals' corners. How about this one? And to be honest, I might take... I like Jalen Johnson, but I might take Byron Murphy and whatever else they have there in Arizona <laughs> over the Bears' corners after cutdown day. They only were left with four cornerbacks on the final 53-man roster yesterday. These are the Bears' four corners. Jalen Johnson, Duke Shelley, Kendall Vilder, and Xavier Crawford. Uh, i got to be honest with you, one or two of those names Ooh. I didn't really know existed before I just read that tweet. I didn't know who Xavier Crawford was. Uh, yeah, first exactly. time I've heard that name, I think. <laughs> Duke Shelley. The other I don't remember Duke Shelley. <laughs> yeah, a good name. Same with Vildor. Um, bad. Really bad. I, I mean, I think the Bears are in a bad spot. I mean, the, you just mentioned the corners, which kind of speak for themselves. They, too, should have a good pass rush, of course, and a good front seven. But, you know, that's a tough position to be light at, for sure. And if we're talking about the worst position units in the league... I think the Bears O-line's in the conversation, too. So being liked at O-line and corner is not ideal for today's NFL, to say the least. Sticking with the Bears here, and it was funny with Alex Clancy only listing one Bear when he listed multiple receivers for other uh, teams that the, the Cardinals would be facing. I like Mooney a lot, but sixth-round wide receiver. So uh, Des Fitzpatrick wasn't the only rookie wide receiver drafted to be cut after his first preseason Daz Newsom, Bears' sixth-round pick in 2021, mm. was released. And he was another one everyone thought, plug-and-play, slot guy, you know, coming out of school was the perfect slot guy. Mooney is a speed dude. Robinson is the, the alpha. And not cutting it. Yeah, I mean, it, this stuff happens every year, but it is alarming, and it definitely raises a red flag with the front office and the player. And, you know, you wonder, how can this happen? And once in a while, it's just because a no-name guy just was better and had a better camp. But usually, you misevaluated the player, you know, or or something about his work ethic or ability to learn or things like that. Which it's brutal, man. I mean, cut cut down days, no fun. So this uh, the 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 Bears ended up with only five wide receivers. I think maybe they probably took some extras at some other positions. And there's give and take when it comes to the 53. They thought Daz Newsom would probably clear waivers. Maybe they'll bring him back to the practice squad. They weren't too worried about it, but. Uh, after Allen and Mooney, it gets pretty thin pretty quick. I know Rodney Adams had a really good preseason. I saw him everywhere in those preseason games making some plays, so I think that's one of those. He was an undrafted free agent, I believe, last year. Uh, they have Demir Bird and then the speedster Marquise Goodwin. So uh, it's not you know it's not a powerhouse group of receivers that they did keep, so to cut a six-round rookie uh, tells you they, they missed pretty big on that pick. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and... I know Justin Fields is super exciting, and there will be some highlight moments from that Bears team. And I guess this correlates more with talking about rookie quarterbacks, which we'll do tomorrow. I I worry a little bit about Fields and Lawrence, their rookie year. You know, just the, what's around them. Here's one that's just my personal favorite. One of one of the players that I'm, you know, I think most teams in the NFL that could need a nickel should be 
trying to pick up Jimmy Moreland, and I haven't seen if he's clear yeah. waivers or not, but he was a seventh-round pick, you know, but scrappy, undersized player. Uh, I was blown away that he didn't make the Washington roster. So uh, I think a number of teams could be trying to pursue Jimmy Moreland, whether it's just grabbing him up off of waivers or putting him on their practice squad and see if seeing if he can, uh, you know, at some point join the big club during the season. But a player I really liked coming out of school and a player that was one of the bigger surprises to me, at least. I don't know if he's a big surprise. He's only a seventh round pick last year or in 2019, two years ago. But yeah, Jimmy Moreland. Interesting. It's funny you brought that up because we did not talk about this beforehand. But I sent a text to my Steeler co-host the day, the second I saw Moreland was released, going, I wonder if he'd start in the slot for the Steelers. You know, like, there's a lot of teams that we just mentioned that could use corner help and slot help. And I was a little shocked he was available. So this will be a fun day or two just with guys that got cut from teams with positions of a surplus that, you know, the... Cardinals or Bears corner room goes, wow, we could use that guy, you know, like, so there, there will be some guys claimed and grabbed and whatnot. And just so the listeners know, by the way, that's the end of my list. I don't know if you have any more players you want to talk about from cut down nah, day, but uh, not I, a lot of high profile guys. The, the, the way that waivers works too, it's not like a fantasy football league where the Jaguars and it's the same order as the NFL draft was for uh waiver claims right now. So the Jaguars get top pick. It's not like if the Jaguars claim one guy, then they go to the back of the line like the waivers work in fantasy football. If the Jaguars want 10 players and they put a claim in on 10 guys, they get all of them. Yeah. So that's the way it they works. They have to make the roster space. Yep. Yeah. And there's not usually a lot of claims. And I think most, it's funny because most fan bases are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy was cut. Every team feels that way, so there's not usually that many claims that happen. There's going to be a few, but I think most of the players that do get cut will be around to be put back on a team's practice squad at some point. And it's the same COVID rules, too. So we've got those huge practice squads this year again. 16 players. You can have a bunch of veterans on there as well. So we're going to see some more big-name veteran players on practice squads that uh, takes some getting used to. So I'm still not used to seeing guys that you know are 10-year veterans in their 30s on a team's practice squad. But that can happen again yeah. this year. I'm glad you explained that because if you're the Bucks, you need every team to pass on a guy for you to claim them. You know, and... And you got to pick up whatever their, their salary was, too, though. So that's, that could be a sticking point with people, too. Sometimes you want a veteran to clear waivers so you can just tear up that contract and start again. But you're right. I mean, it, it, just anyone out there, think of your favorite team. How many spots on it, unless you're a Texans fan, are really open? You know, maybe one, two. You know, you're looking for that corner. You're looking for a, a backup offensive lineman. And you don't know the guy. You got to coach him up and get him ready, and you got to put him on your fifty-three. You can't put him on your practice squad. So waivers isn't quite as appealing as people might guess. Just seeing this one minute ago from Albert Breer, he said personnel departments take pride in having players claimed on waivers. The rundown for twenty twenty-one. So the waiver, the waiver process already uh, has finished. I don't have oh, the exact names on some of these players, but and I'm sure those will start to uh, come out today, but. The teams that led the league in waiver claims, the Jaguars and 49ers, each led the NFL. Three of their players that were waived have been claimed off of waivers. So that's hmm. six players that were claimed so far. The Browns, Bengals, Ravens, Chiefs, Broncos, and Jets all had two players claimed. So 27 total players have been claimed across the NFL. Well, okay. I, I wish I knew if that's a big number or a little number. You know, I mean, it, it seems about right. You know, I, I usually pay attention, of course, to the Steelers, and they usually add, like, one guy. So 
if every team does that on average and the teams that are really light maybe grab two and the Bucks don't grab any, you know, that would kind of add up to maybe about a, a player per team that you add from outside the organization this, this week. Should we talk fantasy football, Matt? Yeah, I think we got to. Okay. Oh, here's uh, a little note, though, too. Okay. Bears are signing Brashad Perryman. He was one of those cuts. Yeah, that was. we didn't talk about that. He was a, he was a pre-cut-down-day yeah. cut and a big shocker. And the, he was drafted in some of my fantasy football drafts as someone who thought was going to be uh, you know, a starting wide receiver in the league this year. And, uh, yeah, bouncing around to yet another team. Yeah, and but just couldn't stay healthy in a Lions uniform. They gave him money. They ate the money. Um, we talked about the Bears receivers a little bit, so they grab him. It's a pretty huge red flag when a guy that's even you know is a first round pick. This is what it's like six team in five years. I mean, I'm not off by much if I'm you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's something like that. Part. Yeah, he, yeah, it's er- crazy. Every team sees his height, weight, speed, and thinks, yeah, we could do something with Perriman. And he's a veteran. He's been around the league and he's played a little bit. And they get him in house and they're like, yeah, you know, we don't like this guy that much. <laughs> right. And, and I, I'm not saying this about Perryman, but often. When that's the case, it's something to do with either intelligence or personality. You know, like, boy, he can run, and I like what he does on the field. And then you get him there, and like, I can't teach this guy anything, or I don't like him in my building, you know. And I don't know if that's the case with Perryman, but it's a red flag in a big way. Yeah, work ethic or something like that. It's like, he looks right, good, right. and you could even bring him in for a workout. It's like, gosh, this guy's fast and get open. And you see him run a few routes, and then you get him into the offense, and he's just not a worker and not someone that you're uh, wanting to, you know, have involved with your your locker room or your position group or something like that. But who knows what it is with Perman, but whatever it is, just not quite working with every team he's been on. Yeah, it's an amazing string that he's on of teams in a short amount of time. And it's amazing the guys that continue to get shots and guys that don't. So that would make me think that he is kind of a good dude and they like him enough and they want to give him a shot and something else is just not working. Right. Like, I mean, I... I don't know this, and I'm not accusing him, but maybe his ability to learn isn't there. He just doesn't run the right routes. He doesn't adjust. You know, I mean, you can't trust him because uh, he's big and fast, and his highlight tape isn't bad. And I'm sure a lot of these teams had a pretty decent grade on him coming out of college. So we'll take a chance on him. But they all end up with the same results. I think just bad hands. Wasn't he one of the guys that was yeah, like, this dude great. can't catch the ball? And, and that's pretty important for a wide receiver. You can do everything else right. Uh, if you don't catch the ball at the end of the play, it doesn't matter. Yeah, not also super not super not. I'm not saying that very well, but not very versatile. I mean, he's pretty much a one trick pony. Right. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Those were the highlights from cut down days around the NFL. Those uh, the news of which teams and which players were specifically claimed of the 27 will be coming out as the day goes on. If there's any notable, we will cover them on tomorrow's program. But Let's talk fantasy football. Let's talk about how our draft went, our draft strategy in the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League next. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, It's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. 
And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Um, you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Did you know the Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone like coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you don't know, now you know. And they've always got special flavors running through like grasshopper cookie. You know, like Thin Mints? Yeah, that one. It's really good. Uh, peanut butter, though, is my favorite. What is your favorite flavor? If you're not sure, you can do a mixed box of Built Bars. Not only are they the best-tasting protein bar on the market, they're healthy, too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in every bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Matt, the P&WFFL. Our draft was <laughs> last night. It's in the books. Uh, I'm hoping to see you in the title game. Interesting strategy for me, one that I have not really employed for a while. I was picking in a spot I didn't like. I was picking fourth. I went hero running back strategy. We can talk more about our strategies, but what was your big takeaway with the seventh slot in this draft? Before we go there, because uh, mine was pretty chalky, I was very impressed with the knowledge of the folks that joined the league, um, how quickly they made their decisions. And you had to. I've never used this Yahoo software that we picked, but that draft was like warp speed. I mean, I was afraid to go to the bathroom I, because <laughs> I was going to get skipped. I mean, I, especially at the seventh slot because my picks would come every you know every couple minutes. So it was fast and furious. And there was a couple times I was off guard saying, wow, the guys I just wanted got sniped, which happened more than I wanted, by the way, you listeners. And I had to scramble a little bit because it was fast. Also, big shout out because, you know, five o'clock Pacific time, East Eastern time zone, 8 p.m., you know, fine for us to have a draft. It went very quickly. Oh, there was yeah. uh, there was a couple of folks drafting overseas in the U.K. They're up at one in the morning for this draft. So for them, I'm glad it did go quickly. So they were able to get back to bed uh, at a decent hour. And I hope they're not dragging too hard today listening to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for your original question with my team. I picked seven. I knew I was going to take a running back there. Was pretty certain I would get a starting caliber running back in the second round and then probably go wide receiver, wide receiver, which I did. And in reality, I kind of give myself a B for this draft because there weren't many what I consider steals because I think the other 11 are pretty smart. And it kind of was a little bit chalky. But the one thing I was happy about was I, I I look at the quarterback and tight end position and basically think there's like six difference makers at both spots that you're either real happy with your quarterback, real happy with your tight end, or you're probably at a disadvantage most weeks against your opponents. And I did get, you know, they were bottom of the, of the tiers in Andrews and Dak, but I do think I'm in the, the former category where uh, I, I'm set there with an every week starter at least. 
So what was your strategy coming in? Here's here's how the first round went. I was picking fourth. Matt was picking seventh. It went Christian McCaffrey, one. Dalvin Cook, two. Alvin Kamara, three, which bummed me out because I wanted Kamara at four. Uh, I had to go, even though it's a PPR league, I had to go Derrick Henry, four. By the way, shout out to the team name. Jerry Rice of Question Askers. That is Joshua, who's always involved with our, <laughs> um, our Twitter Tuesday segments. He took yep. Alvin Kamara right in front of me there at pick number three. Devontae Adams, the first non-running back off the board at five. Zeke Elliott, six, and then you had Aaron Jones, seven, Chubb went eight, Tyreek Hill, nine, Saquon, 10, Travis Kelsey, 11, Jonathan Taylor, 12. Um, My strategy was obviously running back in round one and then hero running back for those of you who don't know that strategy. Basically, it's kind of like zero running back except for you take one beastly running back in round one, then you stack the rest of your roster and you pray at running back. And that's what I did. And I ended up with seven running backs on my roster. So how do you feel about that? Because we kind of touched on that yesterday and where you were picking much more so where I was picking only even though it's only three spots away that er, if you pick in the early first round, it's tough to get a quality running back too. Yes. Yeah. There was just nobody there. And you really took the last of the running backs I would have selected when it came back to me in round two with Joe Mixon. So you went Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, and I'm sure that was your strategy, knowing that you were going to be able to go running back, running back. And Krampus, by the way, nice snagging Najee Harris right in front of Matt in round two. And I had to bring that up for sure in the chat room. I mean, I considered (laughs) Najee in round one. That was a little early. I had thought for by no means would I get him in round two. And then when he was almost there, someone, of course, snagged him. But I made up for it late. I took the Steelers' defense a little earlier than I should have, and I took Chris Boswell too. I had to have some kind of Steeler, yeah. you know, showing here. Or, or you know, it's I went I Washington defense. I think they're going to have one of the better defenses in the league, and a tick up in offense will help them. But it was between Washington and Pittsburgh, and I kind of wanted to snag Pittsburgh right in front of you because a couple picks later, you did take that Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, and I actually have Washington ahead of Pittsburgh. The Steelers like face okay. a really tough group of offenses, mm-hmm. but. I couldn't leave this draft without the Steelers. Yeah, there's a couple of really nice games on the schedule for Washington's defense as well that could skew that even further. Yeah, without question. So what kind of starters do you have? Uh, Are you happy with it? Again, I give my team like a B. I don't think I have an advantage right now. I feel like, so for me, with Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, stays healthy all year as he has and is that dude, I think I will be fine because I really love the way I turned out. I ended up there in Rodgers. At, at quarterback, um, I think I'm really good at, at wide receiver. I think, you know, I got Calvin Ridley in round two. I got George Kittle at tight end. I got DJ Moore, Jerry Judy. I got Brandon Cooks. I got some upside at wide receiver as well. But I just kept drafting running backs. And this is not a good year to go zero running back. I think going running back, yeah, running back at the top is really good in fantasy football this year because there's not as much in the middle rounds. And this draft for rookie running backs, too, there wasn't a lot of those middle round running backs that you're like, oh, man, I, this, I'm going to steal this guy in round seven, and he's going to end up being a stud because there was those top three running backs and then not a lot else. I did end up with Michael Carter in the ninth round, but I just felt like every time I drafted a running back, I didn't feel great about it. Every time I drafted a different position you know, after – uh, round one, I felt good about it. So that's kind of how things went. So something has to go very right with the rest of my running backs, whether it's Michael Carter or uh, Ty Johnson. I got both of the Jets running backs. Look, that's a Shanahan offense. If one of those guys takes the lead, and I don't think it's going to be Tevin Coleman there, then I'll be really nice. Uh, Tyson Williams, does he take the Gus, 
the bus roll in Baltimore now that J.K. Yeah, Dobbins yeah. is hurt. Um, Darrington Evans, I, I had to get the handcuff there in case my first-round pick, Derrick Henry, goes down, and I was able to get him very late in the draft. So something has to go right for me at running back. If that does happen, it could be a powerhouse team, but I don't feel amazing about my team. So I'd be in the B, B-plus range for me. I, I hear you. Um, fantasy aside, we have not talked about Williams much in Baltimore as the backup, but you sniped him two or three picks before I wanted him. He's very athletic. He has size. He's had a really strange trip to the NFL, bouncing around the colleges and then blowing out a knee at BYU. So keep an eye on him. I think he's very fantasy relevant. I would have liked to have him. Um, as for my team, I mentioned I'm very set at quarterback and tight end, and I also threw Justin Fields in the mix for fun. as maybe a trade chip down the line uh, in a round that I didn't like what was really sitting there. I think I'm loaded at running back. I'd have to look at the league, but I'd be shocked if I trade them for anyone. I took Aaron Jones. I took Mixon. I don't love Chase Edmonds, but I made it a priority to have a third back that's either a trade chip for you, perhaps, or whoever, or somebody to flex in the meantime. I have A.J. Dillon, the backup Jones, who's also startable, in my opinion. And then I took some flyers on James White, who I think will catch a ton of passes from Mac Jones. And you mentioned the Jets situation. I took Tevin Coleman in the very late rounds, too, just because I don't like him. You don't like him, but coaches seem to like him. Right. <laughs> and it's a Shanahan offense, so we'll see. Um, my receivers are a little worried, worrisome, though. I mean, even my opening day starters, I'm looking at it right now. My third receiver after taking Evans and Lockett is Fuller, and he's suspended. So I'm starting like Curtis Samuel or Devontae Parker or Paris Campbell. I was a little happy with myself with Paris Campbell, by the way, because the, the, they had him really low on the queue. But I don't think T.Y. Hilton's going to hardly play this year, and Campbell's going to be the two there. So that was one of my favorite picks, but that was like in the 16th round. Here's one thing and then I, I took out. Yeah, go ahead. You just reminded me of something. One thing I don't like about drafting in an automated thing like like Yahoo versus drafting live. And you know, drafting live is just more fun because you that means usually you're around your buddies, but everyone's got a different cheat sheet there. So everyone everyone's looking at when we're doing this draft on Yahoo or wherever it is that you're doing your draft and it's automated, everyone's looking at the same board that they're drafting from. And it really affects where players go. So you might have a player that think you think should be a steal, and maybe he got moved up in the Yahoo rankings recently uh, after the preseason games, and now he's not in the steal category anymore, and he's just up at the top. And you know someone's going to take him, and you can't wait that extra round that you probably would be able to wait if everyone had different cheat sheets and you were drafting live somewhere. That's a great point, and especially as fast as this one went, I thought that was a big influence that you get sniped. Okay, I'll just grab one of these guys that's in the top five that they're showing me. As the draft went on, I really went out of my way to keep scrolling down, scrolling down, to find a couple of names that were buried and kind of knew deep down people probably weren't going to take them. I think my last two picks were Adam Troutman, who's hurt, but I have Andrews, and Paris Campbell, who was really low on the on the queue as well. But you also know, like, man, I'm torn between two guys. I'm going to take this dude, but the other guy is near the top of the queue. You got no chance at him. Somebody's going to snag him for sure, even if it's a reach. I want to shout out a couple of other drafts that I liked from the folks out there. 1.1, Christian McCaffrey per practice squad. Obviously, we knew what he was going to do there. Then he came around the turn and doubled up at wide receiver with two really young upside receivers in Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb. Uh, his, his running back situation for running back two has to turn out okay. He's got both Buffalo running backs. He's got Mike Davis at least to start the season there. He's going to be fine at wide receiver. Yeah. John U. Smith at tight end. Um, he snagged Kenneth Gainwell, the Philly running back, later when I was just trying to 
to grasp for any running back that potentially had some upside in this draft. So that was a nice pick, I thought, by the practice squad champs. So I wanted to shout out his team. I mentioned Jerry Rice of Question Askers. I thought that was a nice squad he put together there. Krampus maybe had the best draft of all, and he's the one that snagged Najee Harris in front of you. So he's got Chubb and Harris at running back. Uh, He's got Allen Robinson. He's got Damian Harris. Uh, he snagged Raheem Mostert right in front of me in round six, who was listed way too low. I thought he might have been a, a running back two for me, and I think he was one or two picks right in front of me that Raheem Mostert got Ooh, that's snatched That's a nice quartet of running backs. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Callaway. Let's see. Uh, Elijah Moore and Rashad Bateman at wide receiver that we both like yeah. for upside. So Jacoby Myers, nice little draft there for Krampus as well. And shout-out to Jerry the Commish. Yeah, good work by Jerry. Yeah, not easy to... Uh, 12 people, 12 different locations making this thing happen. And uh, I mean, there was like one or two auto picks, but it, uh, everyone was on top of it and paying a lot of attention. And then I woke up this morning and there was a trade offer in my inbox. It wasn't a All right. good one, but I mean, I, I like the action early on. Love it. Let's get active. Let's keep this active and do some trades. Maybe even Peacock and Williamson can get involved in a swap. Looks like you could use a running back. I, I, I could. I don't know. From what I recall, you don't love Chase Edmonds, and I don't either, but he's the guy I'm trying to move. It was tough. He was up there. It was just those running backs. Like, yeah. I think this guy's quote-unquote starter. I ended up with Daryl Henderson uh, as my running back, too, right now. I don't love it, but Chase Edmonds up there is like, ah, I, I just want to go with a different position because there's Jerry Judy's out there I'd much rather have. Yeah. I, that's the guy. That's the tier of receiver I'm missing is in my, my other drafts. I bet I end up with the – a Judy, a Claypool, an Ayuk, you know, one of those young wide receiver 25 to 35 in the drafts. I'm missing that guy. And with a lot of them I like. Three wide receivers plus a flex. I could go four wides. You know, I would rather just be studly there and, and sort of scrape by at running back. Once 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 the top guys were gone, I just I didn't want to reach too hard, and I feel like I even did a couple of times. But uh, I have enough players where maybe the numbers game will work out for me and something will go right at running back. Yeah, I'm kind of in the market for a receiver. I mean, it, the fact that you can start that many uh, makes me a little light, especially with Will Fuller being suspended early on here. Good stuff. Shout out again to all the fun, listeners. Uh, sorry to those that didn't get in, but let's play a little Survivor NFL Pick'em this year, too. Why not? I like it. I like it. All right. Good stuff. Matt and I will be back tomorrow. We're talking rookie running backs, and we'll have you covered for the latest all around the NFL right here. Peacock and Williamson.